I'm Laura Vinroot Poole. For over 20 years, I've owned Capital, an internationally recognized specialty store in Charlotte, North Carolina. On this podcast, we unlock the stories of people's lives through the stories of what they wore. These aren't conversations about fashion. These are conversations about people. Everybody wants to know her name. Lupus is one of the fashion industry's most charming and talented personalities. His journey is unexpected. He began as a psychology major on a path to become an investment banker and instead became Oscar de la Renta's youngest creative director. Now he's back to designing his namesake collection and committed to his vision that clothing should always make a woman smile. Adam Lupus, welcome to Charlotte. So happy to be here. This is not your first time here. It's my second time. Maybe third time. Oh, third time. Yeah. I came once <laughs> just to say hi. Yeah. And then for your incredible party. The 20th. And now this is three. Where are you from? Buffalo, New York. Ah. Fashion capital of the world. <laughs> Actually, it is the capital of a lot of really amazing things though, right? There's a lot happening there. It's a very sort yeah. of art-centric uh, town and actually has been for yeah. almost 100 years. I was just, probably more than that, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are your earliest fashion memories? You know, I drove my mother bonkers. Uh, my mother had incredible style, but it was very, very easy style. And if she wasn't doing anything, she was very casual. Um, and she's an interior designer. Yeah, she was. Yeah. She was a nurse first and then an uh. interior designer. But she and she understood and loved beautiful things. But she was a, a kind of woman who would look incredible in in jeans and a white T-shirt, mm-hmm. like incredible. You know, she could pull off that sort of but I always wanted her to be dressed up. Right. Uh, so I would always drive her crazy with what she was wearing. I used to tell her she looked like a bag lady. <laughs> made her really upset. And your father, too, was a furniture collector, I think. My father is sort of a collector of all things. Uh. Furniture, art, huh. objects. He was really, from the time I was very young, a big collector and very involved in the Albright Knox in, in Buffalo, which is uh-huh. um, an incredible modern uh, art museum. And where did you shop growing up? And is there are there great old stores in Buffalo? Were there? Well, my mother used to shop and hide everything from my father, <laughs> um, and he would come home and look through my closet. And there weren't any shops in Buffalo. We traveled a lot, so I was exposed to different shops. But I remember Bonwit Teller opened uh, in Buffalo in a big really? new mall, uh huh, and they brought in sort of all these big fancy brands. Wow! And I think the store was open for about a year. Oh. Uh, it was a great sale. Which of your parents was the most influential on your style? I think it was really a combination of them both. Style was very important in my family in a very, very easy way. We were always dressed up as kids and everything and how we did things looking back now, not even knowing yeah. it there, there was a lot of, a lot of focus on style huh. and style was important. Do you have a favorite piece? that you remember from growing up? My mother died about 15 years ago. Oh. So I, I have some things of hers that yeah. were in the house. And they really remind me of growing up. In fact, I have a, a French grandfather clock that came from her family in my house. And oh. I grew up with it. Yeah. And it's the ticking and the chiming of that clock is like life to me. It, yeah. it feels like life, like a house. Is your dad still there and still lives in your childhood home? He does not. Okay. Uh, my father is remarried mm-hmm. and lives... We had a, a beach house in Canada, uh-huh. Lake oh. Erie Beach House, and he still he still lives there in the summers. And but he's a resident in Nova of Florida, Scotia or? Lake Erie, right uh, across the border. Uh, 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 uh. 
Yeah. Not that glamorous. <laughs> it is actually glamorous. I love Canadians. Oh, they're great. Oh, they're Best so, people in the world. So nice. So nice. We have something in common. My my grandmother went to Cornell. Really? She, it was Your a different. She was there in the 1920s. Wow. But, <laughs> isn't that amazing? Amazing. My grandmother studied uh, home economics. I don't think you studied that. Uh, no, I think home ec- <laughs> wasn't it only nursing and home ec in the 20s, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Cornell, yeah, we've come a long way. <laughs> Baby. Baby. Uh, I I did well in school academically. And my father really wanted me to go to Harvard. And he pulled out all the strings to get me into Harvard he could possibly think of. And back then, you could actually... Right, right, exactly. We didn't pay anyone, but you could do other (laughs) things. And I got into Harvard. But they told me that I had to wait a semester. They wanted me to go to London School of Economics for a semester in in London because they were full for the first semester and then I was going to come back and start in January. Because I I figured a lot of people would, there would be a lot of attrition. And there wasn't. (laughs) And I was such a mom, looking back, I'm like, oh my God, London, 18, (laughs) what? But looking back, I was such a mama's boy. Yeah. So I chose Cornell because it was close to Buffalo and I could have a car. Uh. It was the only reason. (laughs) It was a wonderful school. It was amazing. It was an amazing experience. I was in a fraternity. What did you study? Psychology. Which is very helpful for fashion. It's great. It really is. From... From dealing with my my own brain <laughs> to dealing with <laughs> everyone, it, it is help and a, and a lot of dressing women is psychology because at the end of the day, our job is to take a, a woman who might be a little insecure about trying something on, getting her in a fitting room, and having her smile. Yeah, and that is psychology because it's it's it a feel good business. Yeah, it is, except for when it feels bad. Except for when it feels bad, and it can feel very, very bad. But um, you, we, we, we as a brand try not to have that happen. So you went into, so from Cornell, went into investment banking, yeah. which also is helpful, I would imagine, in fashion. <laughs> yeah, my father, when I left investment banking, he said, I don't understand that. Wouldn't you rather be able to buy clothes than make clothes? <laughs> and looking back, he was probably right. Yes. I, you know, I came from a family, a style was important, but my father was a lawyer. His mm-hmm. father was a lawyer. Yeah. And growing up in the 80s, saying you want to be a fashion designer was just plain, plain weird. Yeah. So in high school, American Psycho came out, the book, not the movie. Uh-huh. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Not, uh, it was. And not the killing, but the yeah. whole no. New York. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that existed. So I thought, oh, I want to do what he did. And uh, he was an investment banker. Right. So I decided I was going to be an investment banker. And then you went on to work for Ralph. I was at Bear Stearns. Yeah. And they wanted me to cut my hair. I had big, long, long blonde sort of... Uh, a blown out Joan Rivers kind of hair <laughs> and they wanted me to cut my hair and I'm like no way and so I got a job at Ralph Lauren and you I never did cut it yeah I never did cut it and I was there for a year and then my boss and doing what doing I started by working in sales and about uh-huh. two weeks in the woman who ran the store came to me the the the, the mansion. The mansion. The best looking woman I had ever seen. I played tennis. She played tennis. It was such. The days were simple then. <laughs> She's like, "Would you want? Would you rather be my? Do you want to be my assistant?" I was like, I just want to learn. Yeah. And so I was her assistant. And when she told me she was going to Oscar, she said, "You know, basically, you're coming with me." Wow. And that was how I really. That's how I really started in fashion. Huh. In in, in learning about fashion. Was she part of design? She was not. Oh. She um, went to Oscar to run the licensing. Interesting. We, it's so funny. We've had a lot of conversations about licensing on the podcast. You know, fashion is a business. It's not purely art. It's, it's art. It's and definitely commerce. not a hobby. It's not a hobby. <laughs> if it is, it's really expensive. <laughs> so tell me about Oscar. And, I, you know, Oscar is, other than you, the last lovely 
charming, cordial gentleman in fashion. I mean, he was such a lovely man. Oscar was like a second father to me. I learned so much from him. I obviously I didn't meet him before I started. I was the lowest totem pole ever. But the first day, he had a chef who, who cooked lunch for everyone. Mm-hmm. Of course he did. Yeah. He had a dining room. And I watched her cook lunch. I basically sat next to the kitchen. I watched her cook lunch. I watched her serve lunch. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. Uh, she put out a buffet. I see Mr. DeLorenzo walk down the hallway in his grandeur and take <laughs> his plate. And I think, well, I can go now and... I got my plate, my salad, my chicken salad, my pasta. And I'm like, where do I sit? You know, in church, you if you go early, you don't sit in the back because you're hiding something. <laughs> so I sat right next to him. And I had just come from Ralph Lauren. So I was in a getup of all, right. all getups. Gladiator, <laughs> you know, wrap sandals and this blonde hair. And he looked at me like, do you work here? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, hi, Oscar. I'm Adam. And it began a friendship and a mentorship that Aww. lasted to the day he died. And, you know, he... Everything I'm doing today or trying to do today, he taught me. Yeah. I mean, you know, about dressing a, a woman, about quality, mm-hmm. about not following the trends, following the customers, mm-hmm. about that our job is to have a woman dream, make her smile. That's it. You know, Oscar would never talk about clothing because mm. that was unimportant. And I really follow those. I think about him so much. And, and, and I was so lucky to be able to learn from arguably one of one of the, the greats. The greats. And it, I, he also, I mean, you're so personable and you're so great with clients and just with people. I think that that was one thing that I don't know anybody else that was like Oscar and that. He always spoke to me. He always remembered my name, even when he probably shouldn't have. But he, he, he and you, you've always been the same way. I mean, and, and I think that's really a lost art just in life, but certainly in fashion. I think it really is a lost art in fashion. I mean, I learned so much about learning from him and learning from the customers and I mean he would talk about certain customers friends customers they became yeah. the same when he was designing you know would Jane would never wear this or right. so he would have that yeah and, and it was so important to his point of view because it was really not only his it was his customers point of view mm-hmm. edited through him and he spent a lot of time actually around clients too like he, he actually which is unusual as well I and mean, he wanted the feedback he wanted to understand how people were wearing things and they became his friends and so yeah. many of, of of my clients have now become my friends and i'm learning so much from them i mean i'll do 20 store visits this this season that's amazing and i'm really really learning so much when i do this that it would be invaluable for but me. most people i think aren't open to that feedback i mean i think it's hard to hear you know you sort of want to do what you do and put it out there and hopefully it sells but i, I mean i think that's what i think a lot of people feel and i think it's big of you and maybe that's your psychology background that you're open to that feedback because it's hard yeah but it's, it's hard to hear it's life i yeah. mean it's 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 just if it doesn't work or doesn't fit or doesn't fit into their lifestyle i need to know that yeah i just had a uh, about six months ago, I had a, a fashion designer in New York who re- remained nameless, and we were talking about work, and I had just been on sort of a store tour, and they said, oh, my God, that is horrible. Uh, they said, I hate meeting our customers. They're, oh, my gosh. They're hideous. And I was like, oh. good for you, you know? <laughs> and that's just no. so crazy. So crazy. Yeah, well, you're definitely the opposite. You, and you sell the collection so beautifully. When you're around the clothes and you, you really want to, for me, I feel like you always, you really want to be a part of it. You know, I also feel in, in, and it is commerce, I'm, I'm, I'm working, there are so many beautiful clothes out there. There's a lot of beautiful product. Yeah. So when the customer can meet you and understand sort of, not just the customer, the salespeople, mm, yeah. even more as important to yeah. them as, uh, and understand what you're doing and why you're doing it, it can help a lot. It helps us. I mean, I think our when our 
our stylist salespeople, um, when they know the designer, they really want to work for you too. When they believe in you. Yeah. Because it is, you know, I I mean, I think you have to believe in it. You have to, it's really hard to sell things from people you don't like. I remember I, I bought a, painting from someone and I love this painting so much and and then you met the artist and I and was like I can never look at that painting again <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst was it uh so was it a hard decision to leave Oscar it was so hard yeah oh. did you how did you tell him you know I I I, I <laughs> you texted him I'm yeah. just kidding <laughs> I went and I said um I was going to launch a luxury t-shirt brand for men and for women and he was like <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about but I'll I'll be your backer. Wow. And you can do that and you can stay here. I think he was like, this is not not going to work. But I always had entrepreneurship in my blood. And I couldn't leave Oscar and do what I did today because he would have killed me. Right. So I always wore these beautiful t-shirts. I thought I'm going to do this. And so... Um, had you made the t-shirts yourself before or you bought them? I had never made... I was in the process of making my right. own... Make my own Because you couldn't find fabric, what you wanted. Fabric fit. Yes, I, I was I was buying them at that point, but I was buying them from an expensive Italian brand. Mm-hmm. They were like two hundred dollars, you know, yeah. ten years ago. And I was like, "This is crazy!" So my brand, my little brand, was born. Adam and Eve. Yeah, Adam plus Eve. Adam plus Eve, and I, you had a big moment with Adam plus Eve. I had a big starts with an O. I had a big <laughs> moment. I was I was we had just started. We had just launched with a big department store. We were four. I was going back and forth between two offices, and I was out. In those days smoking a cigarette and I came back in and I had a Chinese production director with a very thick accent. She says, Adam, Opa on phone. I'm like, what? Well, Opa, okay. But you know, anyone who's calling, of course you want to talk to. Her. <laughs> and I picked it up and I said, hello. And she said, Adam. And I was like, oh, no. yes, it's Oprah. And I was like, oh, ma, oh. Uh, can you repeat your name? <laughs> Just to make sure I was not yeah, hallucinating. Right. And she said, it's Miss Winfrey. Um, uh, uh, I was just about to hang up. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sure. Yeah, I've been on hold for seven minutes. And I was like, oh my God, you are such a star. You know, thank you so much. How can I help you? I'm wearing this t shirt. I think it's your t shirt. I'm obsessed with this t shirt. Can I have three dozen? Uh, here's my address. Here's my Amex. If I don't pay retail, I'll send them back. Wow. And anyhow, I hung up the phone and went into my little team of four and was like, you guys, that was Oprah on the phone. Because you don't know what you're doing. You're doing something right, yeah. wrong. Is it good? Is it not good? You're right. everything. You're so nervous. And it just meant the world to us. So I wrote her a love letter and slipped it in the package. Uh-huh. And she read it and she had me on her show. Oh, my God. And it really changed the course of, of the business. Is it? That's a real thing, right? The Oprah effect. It was incredible. This is going back 10 years or nine years or whatever. And it was real. We had an internet site and we were told to bulk up on her. But I didn't even know what that meant. Okay. And... We, was production in the U.S.? Production was in Peru. Okay. We ordered more, except that our internet site, of course, went down. Right. <laughs> and there was a brand called AdamandEve.com, which was a big which sort is, of softcore uh, porn Yes, thing. it is. I think it's based in Chapel Hill. And by the way, <laughs> massive, massive business. Yeah. It was 20 times our size. <laughs> we took down their website for three days. Oh, Adam, that is so funny. And Oprah had to put on her website a <laughs> disclaimer. Because people were like, how dare you support this boy who oh, sells sex toys? My God, that is so funny. But this, the, the effect was still real. So we would get an order in and we would print it on paper. And then you'd give the paper to, we'd go fulfill it. We were fulfilling out of our office. So go, I, right. I would fulfill it. Anyone would fulfill it. Right. We had a stack of paper about three feet tall of single sheet paper of orders that we couldn't even communicate with this many customers. Right. Like, it was just no way. Right. So no what way. did you do? Um, we shipped what we could. We communicated with what we could. And, you know. I talk about the highlight of my life. <laughs> That's it. She's still a customer to this day. That's amazing. Yeah. 
And then the next part of this sounds like a really wild ride. Will you tell me about it, what happened next? It was a crazy wild ride. Um, after all of this attention and sales, Richemont, which owns Cartier and Chloe, is a great, Van amazing. Van Cleef. <laughs> amazing yeah. conglomerate. Set up a fund to invest in small American brands and came in and, and bought half my brand and said, okay, we're going to launch contemporary fashion. I didn't know contemporary from a hole in the wall. I had right. done Oscar. Oscar and Ralph Lauren for a, a, a minute. But I said, great. Did that feel successful? Like, what did that feel like? Did it feel scary? Did it feel, were you kind of like, this is it? Yeah. When Oprah happened and things started to roll, I was like, I'm done. Fashion can spoil people very easily yeah. for some weird, weird reason. If you're not super grounded. Which you are. Thank you. I don't, I'm just, you are. No, just try to be normal. <laughs> it can really spoil you. And I do see a period where... I can look sometimes similar to an interview I did or something, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that wasn't me. Right. But it was a lot happening very, very fast. Yeah. Right before sort of the recession. Mm -hmm. um, our brand was doubling year over year. We were in 500 stores. We had wow. five of our own stores. And that's was, like a whole different business. Oh, men's, women's, 12 deliveries. You know, you're making yeah. stuff-ish. Mm -hmm. You're making a lot. Yeah. You know, we had a big design team because you can't do it all. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how many blouses can you actually make? Right. And we went through the recession. We survived it. Did you ever at this time check back in with Oscar and ask his advice? Or It was very different from Oscar because it was about making tons of clothes that were sort of trendy, sort of not. It was just about product, about, you know, mm. about, about me. It was so different from Oscar. Yeah. Did you ever, like, have lunch with him and All say, the time. am I crazy? Like, what am I doing? No, never talk business. Really? Never talk business with him. Oh, interesting. In fact, he never commented only twice did he comment on anything I did. Uh, one time he called me uh, and was mad, jokingly <laughs> mad, because I was in, sharing a window with him in Saks. <laughs> and then two weeks before he died, he said, I want you to know how proud I am of you. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so, Anyhow. So, <laughs> so survive the recession. Survive the recession. Rishma at that point decides, well, we don't want any more of these little American <laughs> brands. And they had invested in maybe 10, and they closed most of them, And but we, we could sell me. By design, it wasn't your name. It was I mean, called Adam. Yeah. Trademarks are, are complicated, so right. I couldn't just launch under my own name somewhere else. It would yes. create confusion in the market. Uh -huh. So we both sold all of our shares to a big American lower-end company. Did it hurt? It did. Yeah. It did. You know, I had at, now I made some money, mm -hmm. but I was pretty young, and... You know, when they came in the first day and they owned the brand and they gave their presentation and they all their, you know, all their peeps came in and I really felt like this isn't mine anymore. Yeah. And that made made it very, very, very tough. And I, I was working for someone, which is fine and all, but I really was not working very hard. I really didn't care. Right. That much. And then they came to me and said, and I knew I was unhappy. How um, long into it? I was I worked for them probably for 18 months or oh, so. Oh, wow. So okay. For a few months, I was really thinking, what do I do here? Mm -hmm. Plus, I have a lot of employees. It's great. Yeah. You know, it's not just. Right. And then we had a deal to be on home shopping. And uh, I launched on home shopping. That's really a grueling sort of. Wow. Sort of four hours. But, you know, 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. So it's, it's a grueling thing. We sold really, really well. <laughs> You're really charming. But when I was done, I, I was like, how did I get here? Yeah. How did I go from being a creative director at Oscar de la Renta at 27 <laughs> to at 35, 37, selling stuff on HSN? And I didn't, if you make that decision for your life because financially, because you need to, for some reason, okay. 
but I never wanted to make stuff. I didn't understand stuff. I never wanted yeah. to make more. Yeah. And it was, I think, December 10th I launched. And on December 11th, I went back to New York and I quit. Wow. Mm. How'd they take it? Wasn't good. Can't talk about it. <laughs> can't talk about it. They said, you can't, you can't quit. And I was like, and lawyers well, watch like, me. well, yeah, they, they can't force work anymore. That was outlawed <laughs> hundreds of years ago. And so, but they own my name. Uh-huh. So it was complicated. So I sold, I bought a townhouse. I sold it. I took all the money I had made and I bought the name back over the, over the wow. course of the year. Did you ever consider not doing that? I mean, using a different name or label? Or? I considered l just not doing anything else in fashion. Yeah. Um, Tell me, I, I think you you traveled. I mean, I December 12th, what did you, you were you I like? I was going to Brazil uh -huh. for for the holidays to Bahia. And um, I was coming back January 3rd. And I can remember I'd been in Rio then at, at like January 2nd, 3rd in Rio before the flight out. And I can remember being in the pool at the Pisano in Rio. And be like, I'm not going to go back. I've never missed a plane in my life. Never, ever, 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 ever. And I just didn't didn't call the airline, didn't get on the plane, just didn't go back. Yeah. And it was it was interesting. I moved out of New York entirely. I moved up to the I have a house in the country. I moved up there. Uh-huh. I started to redo the house. Did and you have a partner then? I did not. The beginning would be like of one. to right to to say, I mean, how hard it would be in a relationship to be like <laughs> also I'm having a nervous breakdown and Yeah, and like, you know, uh but the partner I have now I've had for, for seven years, so he was around. Yeah. But, of course, I probably couched it in a more this is fun kind of way. <laughs> yeah. Just hanging out, you know? And so how long did you travel? And I of... decided I was going to buy a hotel in Bahia. What? Was, and, yeah, a little hotel and, and move there. Uh -huh. um, and I found the hotel, you know, eight-room, ten-room hotel. Mm -hmm. I'd run this perfect hotel. And in February when the shows started happening in New York, because uh -oh. I was out of it totally. And I... I read the times and reviews were coming out and that got me really edgy <laughs> and i was like you know i never could say what i wanted to say in fashion i always worried about oscar was thinking worried yeah. about my initial investors then my last invest like i never thought i could do what i wanted to do and now i can do it on my own terms yeah and so maybe this hotel idea is kind of gaga uh, at the, i can always do that sometime right later and and then the new adam was born i think we launched probably a, a 18 months after that. Okay. It took about six months to develop and get it together. And did you know who you wanted to sell to and what you wanted it to be? And has it stayed that? I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. I knew exactly the kind of clothes I wanted to make. It has stayed that with a caveat. Mm. I think when we launched, our clothes were a bit simpler. Um, we, we do fashion with a small F. So we don't do crazy. I don't know. Your gowns are pretty gorgeous. We do credible gowns. But I was telling <laughs> one of your customers today, like, yeah, we do gowns because it's in my DNA. Yeah. But it's not really what we do. But yeah, I love making true. them and they sell. But it's not really what we do. I say, I, I say, if you can't wear one of our pieces with flats, I don't make it. Right. But I knew I wanted to dress a woman and I knew I wanted to be in luxury. And what does luxury mean? It's the most overused word in the world mm -hmm. today. But luxury to me just means silk, cashmere, wool, hand sewn in New York. Mm -hmm. You know, really, it's it's simple. It's just the best possible quality pieces, mm -hmm. fabric, sewing and construction. And filtering through sort of my eyes. I mean, what is style? I mm -hmm. mean, style is it's so subjective. And, you know, certainly, I think I grew up around a lot of style. Oscar really refined that style. Mm -hmm. But I'm very much an American sports kind of guy how I dress. Yeah. And so it was that it was that melting pot and, and that mix. And I think when we launched, I love color, I love pattern, I love prints. But when we launched, it was a much more 
serious, the mm-hmm. collection. It's gotten a little more fun. And I think that is also with a certain amount of confidence yeah. in me and what and what I'm doing. And also probably being with your clients and, and exactly. really listening and exactly. hearing what they want. And what's else. What's next also for Adam Lipis? I just made a joke to my, my partner who's 27. I said, the fact that you're going to probably finance my business in the next <laughs> two years is just a joke, but I'll take it. Um, no, our business is going incredibly well. We're about 30 people working out of New York City, building out our first office and showroom, wow. like a professional one, which is really sort of... Ex- I like your showroom now, though. Exciting. Wait, do you see Same the Same building? One. Oh, no. No, downtown. Oh, nice. Downtown. We are launching... I'm launching Home. Wow. Uh, in January. I'm very, very inspired by the home home world. It yeah. just seems to what I keep going back to again and again and again. So we're it's launching your, your tabletop. your Meyer roots from your dad. It is. I think it's from how I grew up. You know, it's yeah. funny how I keep going back to these things. Yeah. However much you fight against it. And so what did you, did you start with fabrics or how did you start? Tabletop. Oh, tabletop. So we're doing glassware, porcelain, huh. napkins, gifting. Cool. And that, I'm sure that's really been also your love of travel has been helpful in that too. Incredible. Yeah. Where, in Vietnam and where else, where, where have you sourced things? We are making them in Asia yeah. and in India and some in England. What a dream. Painted in, in England. <laughs> yes. It's been really, really, really fun. Yeah. I mean, is it, is it a different part of your brain? No, totally the same part. I'm doing it with a partner. Mm-hmm luckily, who's an expert in this field, yeah. because I just threw out. And one thing that was very important to me about homeware was I didn't want to make a glass that was $800. Yeah. Because that's just boring. Mm. I want to make things that look incredible, pieces that are fun and look incredible, can mix and match, but is also affordable. And a lot of people want to buy. And you can do that. Yeah. So I'm super excited to launch that in, wow. in, in January. And we're launching shoes in April. Wow. So that's also exciting. A lot of trips to Italy. Yeah, tons of trips to Italy, <laughs> which I love. Why not? <laughs> um, and and is that hard? That, I think that sounds sort of... Again, with a big partner in the business Good. who's a pro. So their archives and their skill is incredible. I, I, don't, I couldn't do that on my... Maybe I could. Yeah. I don't want to do it on my own. But it, that is sort of a different part of your brain. It's almost like um, mathematics. It is very mathematics. Yeah. Because it can look good. If it doesn't feel good, it's not going to go anywhere. Oh, yeah. I so. try on every single shoe that's in the store. You have to, right? I'm a six and a half. <laughs> no, I, I really do. Isn't that do. the size? Isn't that the sample size? Yes, yes exactly. Okay. And I really do because I don't care how, how beautiful it is. If, if it doesn't feel good, I, you can't sell it. No, exactly. And you don't want to sell it. And a lot of, it's so funny, out of a lot of places, you're not allowed to try on the shoes. And so we'll we'll work with a great salesperson or vendeuse, as they're called, mm. <laughs> and um, put them under the desk and try them on pr- quietly. I literally will not buy a shoe if I haven't tried it on. It's so it's so important. You know, in, in, in what we design a lot, I say, I really want you to be comfortable. Yeah. But if you can be comfortable and dressed up at the same time, yeah. then, you win, then you win the war. Then you totally win the war. Uh, tell me about high-minded. High Minded is a cannabis brand. Cool. It's a cannabis store and brand, um, and it, a CBD and cannabis. And it's in New York State. In Massachusetts. And is it legal ha- in Massachusetts? It is. Funny, everyone asked me that question. Yeah, because <laughs> I didn't know that. I mean, I went yeah. to school in Boston. I didn't. Know. It's legal now. Really? Recreationally, is legal. Really? Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> sure, that's a lot to think about the legalities around it too. It's been extraordinary. We started this process. My partner. Really, he dragged me into it, but now I'm so thrilled that he did. Yeah. Um, we started this process about three years ago. Uh-huh. The permitting, the legalities, it's, it's intense. It's really an intense process. We're opening a retail shop and a brand. Incredibly luxurious shop. I mean, it's going to be gorgeous. And just marijuana and paraphernalia? Marijuana, paraphernalia, and CBD. CBD products. And our, our brands, but also other brands. So, oh, cool. And everything from 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 brands to 
you know, antique Japanese lighters, you know, oh, really beautiful. taking the fashion mentality uh-huh. and bringing it to the, the, the marijuana business. And the packaging is incredibly refined. Uh-huh. Most of the packaging you see today is very fun. It's like fun, sparkly. Yeah. Ours is like, it's coming from it from a whole different angle. And that's, that's really exciting. exciting. Yeah. In Massachusetts, in what, what part? Great Barrington. Ah. Open in Great Barrington. Is that where your house is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, in the Berkshires. Ah. You don't seem like a stoner to me. I actually am not. <laughs> I actually, um, I actually really dislike marijuana. I'm no drug virgin, I'm not, and I love to drink, but I really don't like marijuana. But I'm experimenting because I'm told that I need to understand the marijuana lifestyle. <laughs> if I'm going to be really, truly a part of this, they're very yeah. serious. My partner loves to smoke. That's so it. He's, he's pushed me. I just That's, want red wine. I mean, I, you know, I'm like I can remember. I said last time I smoked, yeah. I tried to hide it in my refrigerator. They're like, Yes, but that was in 1940, and the marijuana's come a long way. So I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm experimenting. CBD really works. I've had a migraine for two days, and I've been like, just pouring it on my neck and CBD head. CBD is genius. Yeah, it really. But CBD is not THC. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, that much I know. Do you remember what you wore to the prom? Yes, I do actually. I want to um, qualify s- it. Qualify this by <laughs> saying, in my high school yearbook, I was voted best dressed. Obviously, I was also voted most wants to be best dressed, <laughs> and it was a new category they put in that's just hilarious. for me. I would vote for you now. Too. I was oh, that's sweet. I was super conservative how I dressed, and so I was in a black peak lapel tuxedo, yeah. uh-huh. a, a ruffle shirt, but very very fine ruffles and white f- whites. Uh-huh. And my father had Hermes ties, and I wore an Hermes cummerbund and tie. But I love it. They would make them like crazy. The colors were yeah. really crazy then. And uh, did you match your date? No, no. I didn't care what she wore <laughs> <laughs> at all. And I had sun and blonde hair, so my hair was sun and like sun and one color <laughs> under my grandmother's heat lamp. I have a partner now on the other side, but I was a womanizer back then. <laughs> Well, I can see that. You're gorgeous and charming. <laughs> oh, that's kind. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you so much. We love having you. Love being here. What We Wore is produced by Capital and Balto Creative Media. The original song, Someone So Enchanting, was composed and performed by Britt Drazda. What We Wore is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com.